Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly on 670 The Score, your on-air resource for fitness, nutrition, and injury prevention and treatments for today's weekend warrior and professional athletes with renowned specialist of elbows, knees, and shoulders, Dr. Brian Cole, along with other health and fitness leaders, and your host, Steve Cashel, right here on 670 The Score. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome in to a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Sunday morning. So happy you're with us. Steve Cashel with you as your host along with my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Our producer is Shane Reardon. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. And Dr. Cole, just to kick it off, the Big Ten announcing this week they will play football games beginning the weekend of October 24th, but keeping 14 teams sufficiently healthy to play eight games in eight weeks could be quite a task. Last season, no Big Ten team played more than seven weeks in a row, but they have a Big Ten medical subcommittee that uh, obviously kind of stated their case, and the Big Ten commissioner got all his people together and the presidents of the universities and said, you know what, we're ready to take this thing on. What do you think? I think that, um, you know, see, we're, like, you and I are just living history every single day. And, you know, when we talk about this, you know, five years from now, God willing, when it's over, everything is right side up and corrected, we hope, much like a natural disaster. Uh, I would say that um, the most fascinating part is that every week things change based upon what we know. And I'm I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think that, um, you know, think about yourself, like how you behaved early in this situation. You know, go back to March. I remember I was, you know, washing groceries with like dish detergent, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't let anyone else do the shopping. I would have it over to the right. I would take things out out of the boxes and wash the produce. And and I was the only one. I wouldn't let anyone do the grocery shopping, you know? And because we just didn't know very much. And then as systems started to come back online, um, you know, if you just turn to professional sports, you look at basketball. Well, that, the bubble concept has been enormously successful. And it should, and, it, and predictably, it should be enormously successful because it takes into consideration all the potential risk factors and is a closed system. And then we did independent baseball. We actually got through without a formal bubble with the Chicago Dogs um, and with very little in the way of positive tests and people getting sick, very little. So a number of teams played and, the, and they finished. So then you've got um, this where some colleges were coming online and they had processes in place. And I think the biggest challenge is that the schools were really good about setting up these cohorts and and on-site and so forth, but I always felt like many of their systems and processes were not well-defined when it came to what do you do when you get a contact, when you get a positive test and you got a contact trace. It just seems like most of the schools early in the, in the equation kind of fell apart when that happened. And and I think that's a shame because if they have, you know, I know there's a lot of time spent on this, but you have to assume that people are going to be positive, so you got to know how to manage it. And any, all of the, the successful programs have relied on testing. So what the Big Ten will rely on is presumably antigen testing, which is readily available, can limit the challenges of contact tracing, and prevent an entire team from going down. And it's, it's kind of all about that. We know how to bring people back in the same place and same time and confirm, you know, sort of being negative for COVID. The big challenge is what do you do when you get a positive and how you don't shut down an entire operation. And I think the Big Ten, obviously, it's a huge economic issue. And, you know, remember early on, Steve, we weren't even willing to discuss economics. You know, we were all, it was all about our health and potentially life and death, right? Now we're afforded the ability to say this is what we know, and 
it isn't necessarily always life and death, and we understand how to manage this, so we're afforded the opportunity, and it's, and it's necessary. To ignore economics now would be, I think, totally irresponsible, and you're hearing that from a doctor, you know, uh, when it comes to my prime responsibility is the health and wellness of the people around me and the people I take care of. But I think it would be irresponsible to say that the economics don't matter, and it's very obvious that, you know, our our world has taken, you know, we've, we've, we've recoiled 10 years minimum economically with what's happened. So if there's a way to salvage something and make it safe, then I'm all for it. And I think that the Big Ten has done a, a fabulous job in analyzing their risks. The truth will be told when we see how it comes, how they perform. But I think they now have the advantage of looking at how others have done it, and I believe they'll succeed. So I'm I'm excited by it. And again, they now we have testing available that's relatively low cost, can be repeated on a regular basis, is sensitive and specific enough and accurate enough that they can do this responsibly. So, um, yeah, one final comment, Steve. You know, I've talked to kids. I, I see tons of kids from colleges, and it seems like the football players are the most responsible across the board when I've, when I've talked to these kids uh, compared to some of the other sports. They just kind of know what's at stake, and they don't want to screw it up because it really is about their behavior that controls whether or not this will successfully uh, uh, happen or not. Well, let's move on. And Dr. Cole's got a great guest on the line, gentleman that you've been working with for many years and I've known for uh, dozens of years. Dr. Tracy Williams, he is the executive director and low vision rehabilitation doctor at the Spectrials Institute for Low Vision in Wheaton, Illinois. And how I got to know Dr. Tracy Williams as from 1986 to present day, he is the team optometrist for the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Bulls. And I know, along with the Midwest Orthopedics at Rush Doctors, you two collaborate a lot, don't you, Dr. Cole? We do. I mean, I've done this, uh, I, don't, I, I sometimes forget, Steve, we're in our 16th or 17th year, probably 17th for White Sox, 16th for Bulls, um, similar, uh, obviously same organization. Tracy's been giving of his time for years, twice as long as I have, uh, and, you know, this is a labor of love uh, that we do to help these athletes. And I think the eye aspect is actually really fascinating because it does play directly into uh, skill and coordination and um, ability. And it's something that I learn about every year and I have no primary training in it. So you need people like Tracy to sort of get you through this. And he's just incredibly loyal and done an amazing job over the last several decades. So it's awesome to have him on this morning. Absolutely. And Dr. Tracy, thank you for joining us on Sports Medicine Weekly. So. Um, what are some of the typical problems uh, athletes have, Dr. Tracy, with their vision? Do you know, first of all, I just wanted to say how lucky I was that Dr. Dave Orth, <laughs> who brought me on, who's been the team ophthalmologist a long time, and now we have uh, Jack Cohen. Uh, but I just wanted to say that, one, at the beginning of the year, you just want to make sure that the players are seeing well and their eyes are healthy. And uh, you're thinking in terms of getting them through the entire season, too. And so they would have never made it to this level if they didn't have pretty good vision and visual skills. But you want to make sure that if they have nagging issues like uh, dry eyes, ocular allergies, or maybe they got poked in their eyes and maybe you take care of their family because that's uh, hovering in the back of their mind too. But you also work with them when they're not doing as well uh, to try to make sure that they're using their eyes as best as they can. So 
we've been involved with the um, conditioning trainers and making sure that uh, they are actually thinking about vision. Tracy, can you do you have scenarios where, especially when it comes to baseball, where guys just are, and I know what's happened in basketball because I've had these conversations, where they're just focused on the fact, no pun intended, that they've got a, a visualization or a visual issue, and the reason they're not performing is that, and you have to deal with sort of the reassurance and you know really in helping them understand that it may not be organic, it actually has nothing to do with their eyes, or it might have something to do with their eyes. I mean, that's got to be one of the most challenging aspects because sometimes when athletes are just underperforming, there's a level of desperation to say, you know, what is it? Why am I not doing well? And is there some medical reason that I'm not performing as well as I should? I think uh, one of the things that you, you do so well is when you build that rapport and relationship with the athlete and you do what we call professional paternalism, I think when you share with them more than here's why you wear contacts or goggles or here's why we use dry eye drops or, what, or what, whatever it is, that we share as much knowledge. So educating the athletes first and then the credibility of, well, let's check things together. And when you demonstrate that they really are seeing well, that sure takes a load off of them. And then I think sometimes just giving them some visual uh, tasks that they can actually do. And sometimes it might be something pretty simple. Um, you know, at times we've given them these Brock strings where it's just a string with two beads on it, but you can actually show them uh, how they can aim their eyes properly. And maybe you might scratch your head and say, well, this might be more placebo than actual. But I think if you keep people, one, engaged and they understand how their eyes work and what they can do to make them perform as best as possible, I think that's the first big step. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. And our guest is Dr. Tracy Williams. He is a clinical professor of ophthalmology. He is, uh, has been, since 1986, the team optometrist with the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Bulls. So, Dr. Tracy, you go back a long way with the Bulls and White Sox, as I said. Did you put the goggles on Horace Grant? Um. What a great fashion statement that was, yes. <laughs> uh, I can share with you that uh, I think Horace was on a plane traveling uh, somewhere, and I forget one of the coaches was sitting next to him, was seeing him squint, and I think he, he called up Dave Orth and said, you know, Horace doesn't see so good here. And so uh, the next thing, we, we had him up in uh, uh, Dave Orth's office, and we did realize that he had an uncorrected refractive error, which means he needed some glasses. And how great it was when we put that trial frame on him, and he goes, oh, my God, there's a picture on that wall. So, um, <laughs> yes, sometimes that does happen. That's not overly, you know, common because through college and other um, you know, experiences they have. They usually are, are corrected well, but sometimes by spending time and having them involved, you can really refine things and, again, get their ownership in their eye care. 
So he needed glasses, Dr. Tracy Williams, but uh, where do the goggles come into play? Saying, I can't wear glasses on the basketball court. I, I, you need to put me in some sort of protective uh, device. Well, probably Dr. Cole would agree with this, but it'd probably be great if every basketball player had some protective goggles on with some of the action that takes place. But I'll tell you, in his case, we absolutely, we absolutely go through like a waiter. Uh, here, here's what's on the menu. We could go with contact lenses. We could go with, um, you know, go- goggles that are appropriate for the court. Or we can even discuss whether corneal refractive surgery might be a consideration. And we, pro- we always try to go with the least invasive and, and, again, what seems to be the best fit. Now, Horace really uh, did not want to go with, with, with contacts. And so that's why um, we, we decided at that time, that period of time, that the goggles uh, was the best thing. But he was terrific to, to work with, and uh, he, he's just, he's still with the Bulls, right? Right, Dr. Cole? Yes, he I think is. He, yeah. He is. I don't, he's I don't a know great, if he's considered good, goodwill ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. yeah, exactly, which uh, I think Scotty's had that role, and he's had that role, and he, he, I see him in the locker room, and um, he, he's a great guy. Um, it's kind of fun because I grew up with that, you know, his generation, including Paxson, you know. So, I mean, I was in high school then college where i was i was actually a pretty big bulls fan and then i moved to new york and we had this like group of people who were from chicago when i did my residency in new york and we would hang out in these bars in the village where we just watched bulls games a group of chicago people and these are the guys that i just watched all the time and then you know and then you get to know them later on in life which is i can tell you is a real privilege and the stories are pretty amazing Tell me something. There's this concept of low vision. Can you tell our listeners what that is and actually how you fix it with rehab? Do you know, um, when I was going through school, I I really caught the fever to work with children and adults with vision loss. Um, I would say there's probably 60,000 optometrists and ophthalmologists out there, but less than about 250 of us that are residency trained in low vision. So I trained as an optometrist. I did a residency with a fantastic ophthalmologist in New York City, Eleanor Fay. And then I, I came back, and I was actually working in an office in Chicago. And Dr. Orth uh, was referring some of his patients who had permanent vision loss. And, of course, if a person doesn't have the opportunity uh, to work with what they have, depression can set, set in. And there's so many people that do have uh, vision loss where there's no correction. So that's how I got to know Dr. Orth. And I was, as a child, a White Sox and Bulls fan. So you can imagine when he, he called me up and said, Tracy, I think you can squeeze every last ounce of vision out of some of these patients I'm sending you. How would you like to be a team doctor with, with the White Sox? And I, I think I turned into Don Knotts. I collapsed and uh, uh, it was a great journey, and because the Reinsdorfs are so great, the Reinsdorfs family, and they own the, the White Sox and the Bulls, I kind of got through uh, <laughs> a year with the White Sox, and then I moved on working with the Bulls. So, but anyone that has a child or, an, uh, or a grandparent or somebody with vision loss, there is hope supported by science to maximize the remaining vision. Sometimes you get it from your ears and fingertips. But I'll tell you, it's very exciting with all the access technology that's out there. 
And the answer is yes, you can always improve yourself. You may not be able to get a cure, but you can always improve. So I've been doing this work, and it's really a, a fun field. Again, visiting with Dr. Tracy Williams, clinical professor of ophthalmology, team optometrist with the White Sox and Bulls. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. And Dr. Williams is also the executive director and low vision rehabilitation doctor at the Spectrios Institute for Low Vision in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, And they do a wonderful job. And uh, Dr. Williams, uh, before we let you go, uh, tell us about uh, the big golf tournament. It's coming up um, this Thursday at Prairie Landing Golf Club, and this is kind of a, a you know, kind of a White Sox slash um, uh, Spectrios event, correct? And are there foursomes still uh, available? Well, first of all, we are so lucky that we have been a White Sox charity and and both, uh, and so we 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 need support because we're a 501c3, so, so we're a non for profit, and we raise a lot of money. Uh, to support children and adults with vision loss. So we've had this golf event for about 15 years now, and I can even remember when Red Kerr came out, and I felt so great, and at the end of the match, in front of all the people there, he said, you know, I have T's as big as Tracy. So <laughs> it was really great, but <laughs> but I'll just share with you, this this next Thursday, September 15th, uh, we'll have Darren 24th. Jackson, I think Andy Mazur, uh, Gene Honda, Ron Coomer. Uh, we have a lot of people. And, of course, we've got that famous golf pro, uh, that very, very famous golf pro uh, that uh, happens to be talking to me right now is going to come out and play. So, uh, yes, it, it's going to be fun, and we raise a lot of money and we get to talk a lot of sports. Good. And again, that's September 24th, this coming Thursday, September 24th at Prairie Landing Golf Club in West Chicago. Um, I think he was referring to Dr. Cole being the golf pro. Is that right, uh, Brian yeah, Cole? Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got the wrong guy, Steve. I, I, no. That's if it was a mountain climber. But, there you yeah, go. There you go. I'm not. I'm not a golf pro, but I, I I play one on television. I do the golf scene TV show on NBC Sports Chicago, which we've done for 27 years. So uh, that's a lot of fun. But no, I'll be there on Thursday as well, uh, trying to give some help to Spectrios, and uh, it's an it's an honor of Ed Farmer, the late Ed Farmer, uh, great great radio play-by-play voice of the White Sox for so many years, and grew up in uh, in the Chicago area, St. Rita High School, and of course, pitch for the Chicago White Sox. So they're honoring Ed at the annual Golf Classic and to support Spectrios Institute's mission to provide hope and supported by science with people with vision loss. And uh, finally, Dr. Tracy Williams, how can people get a hold of you guys uh, if they still want to be involved with the golf tournament? Yeah, if you want to call in to us at the clinic here, 630-690-7115. Just hit extension zero. I bet you Lynn will be the person that answers the phone. But, yes, I'm, I'm glad that, that we had a chance to talk about Ed real quick because he was, he, he's known as Angel Ed. He did so much philanthropic work on the site. So this is a special day for me especially to really raise Ed, uh, Ed Farmer's banner up high. So thanks, thanks for coming, Steve, too. 
I appreciate it. No, thanks for the invite. Looking forward to it. And uh, that's Dr. Tracy Williams. Continued success, uh, Dr. Tracy, with your work with the White Sox and Bulls. You've been doing it a long time, and uh, we hope you uh, stay healthy. And for your patients and everyone, again, it's Spectrios Institute for Low Vision, folks. Uh, just such a great organization. And um, if you have any eye problems, uh, athletes or non, Dr. Tracy Williams is there to help. So uh, appreciate what you do, Dr. Tracy Williams. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure being on your show. All right. We're going to take a break here on Sports Medicine Weekly. When we come back, Dr. Cohen and I will be back with our Ask the Doctor segment. Tell you how you can get involved. We've got a couple of great questions from our listeners. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly only on 670 The Score.